VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Min, Sex Caliber Bones a lot. Madeline, Edward, Sunzi, Alyssa, Vixen, Holly, Natasha, Laura, Boise, Jeremy, Ali, Mr. Ragebomb, Logan, Libby, Wes, Aaron, Kristen, Amy, Tia, Matthew, Jonathan, Isaac, and Karun. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to point a shotgun at a goat, join us in the Facebook group. Where we'll be doing, I almost said weird stuff with goats daily, but we won't be doing that. But like that part scared me. I feel like this is the coolest sequel to The Pope's Exorcist <laughs> that we could have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> get Russell Crowe literally Vespa-ing across the water to Argentina. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be mad at it. He would need his own little like special jet that the Avengers have. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch... When, when evil, evil lurks. lurks Can I just pause right here And please cut this out uh -huh, uh -huh, All uh -huh. I am thinking right now Is a scene where some terrorist Tries to take over the Pope's plane And then we get the Pope fighting him And kicking him off his plane Anyway I'm sorry I'm literally It's oh, like Air Force One but a Pope <laughs> Get the hell off my plane <laughs> like, yeah. Yes But he's wearing the fish hat Like you know what I'm saying Keep it like, in the fish hat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That is not a fish yes. hat. Yes, because he looks like the fish on SpongeBob with it their does. mouths at the top. Yes, it <sighs> does. Yeah, yeah. Like sardines in a can. Get off my plane! I'm sentencing you to hell. <laughs> All right, I'm so sorry. I'm not even sure what laugh lines worked, but like that was part of one of the laugh lines that either made it or didn't. Keep it. Apologies. Who knows? Okay. So, was this the first time either of you saw When Evil Lurks? Yes, I waited. I've been, yeah, I've been wanting to watch this. It's gotten a lot of good buzz. People love this movie. And I was like, oh, we got to do it. Yeah. People DM'd us a lot about it when it like was first out. They said it was scary. So, I, I wanted to put, we, you know, Paige and I pushed for it. And mm -hmm. uh, I will say, I dig it. It's cool. Yeah. I, it's not as scary as I want it to be. It's more scary for Paige. This kind of stuff scares Paige more than this me. This movie scared me. I will rank this fairly, not not crazy high. It's not Darba Logan, but like higher on the scary scale than a lot of stuff. I think you might rate it higher than me, although it, Probably, it'll be up yeah. there for me too. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I mix, I, I miss some of the cultural. I think it's really cool. Like some, like the Argentina myths, like got a, such a huge reception. That's really cool. I conceptualized it as like demonic fallen where like if you kill the body, it inhabits the other body and starts yeah. killing people. It is sort of like that, although um, I haven't 
seen all of Fallen, but it is sort of like what you just described. Yeah, which I dug. I dug the unpredictability of it and like the feeling of unsafe because people just drop dead all around these two dudes. Or turn yeah. evil sort of just all, you know, like you don't oh, really yeah. know who it's going to be next. Wh- which usually results in their death or the deaths of the people around them yeah oh yes absolutely yeah the way the demon went after this dude's kids by like just inhabiting the people around the kids to murder the kids around them was not i did not see that coming yeah or animals yeah and uh and like it was wildly put me on edge Okay, this is the first time I saw it, obviously, right? And um, I was so mad for like the first 20 minutes of this movie. You were anger texting us. I was messaging you guys. I think I even said something like, does anyone start explaining anything that's going on? Because this is infuriating. But like something happens like 20 minutes in the movie and I was on board the rest of the time because it was bonkers. Although I will say this. I laughed at a lot of moments that I think you're supposed to be shocked too. and scared at. And I think the reason is I was so mad at the main character for not telling people early on in the movie what was going on, thereby telling the audience what was going on. I was like fucking annoyed with the main character. And like, listen, it's not his fault. Dude is a great actor. I was yeah. annoyed to him from the beginning to the end. His brother, the younger brother was like, I just feel bad for the younger brother because I, I know like yeah, you should. he's kind of caught caught in the middle of it. <laughs> I think because I was so annoyed with the main character, I wasn't really scared if he died or not. Like I did not care. So like whenever it, like the moment was tense, I was like, oh, maybe he's going to get it. Cool. Whatever. So it wasn't as scary for me. I liked it. I liked I think I liked the other brother because he felt I felt like he was just trying to go along with the weirdness that was happening. I think the main brother, I don't know if it's pride or hubris or not critical thinking ability, but he doesn't listen to anyone throughout the whole film and it's annoying. But I wanted them to explain more like, because they like imply that the church is dead and then they imply that these fixers maybe work for the government. Oh yeah, this is a post-religious world. It's Well, it's a completely, like they do world build and it's a completely different society yeah. than what we live in, but you don't find that out until like 20 minutes in. And like, yeah. how does a church not exist if evil now is just everywhere and people know it? And that's wildly cool concept. And then like, yeah. what's the what does this telescope do? I just have to know what the I telescope know. does. I have to know what they're doing with the Archimedes dial in this movie. Like, was Indiana Jones the cleaner? Like, how did they get that? And what does it do? It looks sort of like a sextant. Do you know what I'm talking about, Paige? Like that like navigation thing? It does look like a sextant, yes. So, like, I would have loved if this was the first episode of a true detective style show and we were going to we were going to get like fucking 10 episodes of like this world because I was like here for the weird. Oh, and I was also here for like crazy shit. Like when the thing that happened that made me flip like a switch to where I was like. This is going to be a wild ride. Let's fucking go. Was when the dog just snatched yep. up that girl's face and dragged her down the street. Yeah. I I was scared. I was like, oh my, but I, I like laughed. It, it was like, a mix of shock because it's so. Yes. It was, it was one of these. It was one of these. Oh, what the yes. fuck? Yeah. 
Uh, I think what I said was, oh my God, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. In, in my living room. So <laughs> yeah. like when I say I laughed multiple times in this movie, it was always that. It was always like a, oh my God, she's pulling his brains out through his head like that's the Dune popcorn bucket. Like what yeah. is happening? <laughs> like it's, it is like that level of nuts. And y'all, y'all know I like a film that kills all the kids and animals I and know, makes you feel a, not I safe. Texted, I texted Mikey last night after I finished it and I was like, Todd's going to barf during this movie, but Mikey is going to have so many dead kids. I'm so sorry. Oof. I'm sure you, I, I'm sorry to bring it up, but I knew it was going to be a problem. I'm not even joking. Like I know. thinking about, especially that last one, thinking about. That's the one that I was like, that's fuck. the one that's going to get him. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Got to breathe in through my nose, out through my mouth. But Mikey, just like what you were saying about like, it's an Argentinian audience. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of, I think baked in culture that I just don't have cause I never experienced. So like it did feel like the world was super inaccessible to me, especially early on. And that's why I was like really frustrated that no one was explaining what's happening. But I think Paige, you did some research on like that stuff, right? I did. Can I add one thought before? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Because I feel like the budget constricted their vision. I feel like at one point it was going to be like the crazies where like the possession had infected the whole town. I think they set that up. Yes. Because they're like, the lights are up and we also had to get out of town. Everyone's going to go start killing each other. Everyone's got to get out of town. That's interesting. I I read it differently. So like in my mind, it was like a... it's like a like a cancer cluster that happens in rural areas because like chemical companies that make pesticides or whatever like dump into rivers and like that is exactly what this is based on. Like there's okay. an actual really? specific Todd, good job. yes. Yes. Oh my God. That, there is a specific problem in rural Argentina with the chemical compound that is basically Roundup. Okay. So interestingly enough, yes. my granddad did that line of work, uh, worked in a mm-hmm. company called Sibagaygi for his whole career. And they literally have had to pay out like $300 million lawsuits and stuff. I actually had a friend who had just sent me an article about one that happened in New Jersey. He was like, is this your granddad? And I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. So like, that's why I was thinking about that specifically. That's wild. Okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, so it feels like that because it goes through the families yes. because it's usually rural areas that it happens in. Right. And then- it like really hyper focuses on the kids because their like immune systems can't hans- handle the like cancer causing stuff as much as like their parents can. Well, and early in the movie, they're very worried about it poisoning the land, which was kind of weird until I read about the Roundup stuff. Yeah, that's so wild. I 100% thought that was just like a Homer LeBaron ancestry like <laughs> projection on this movie. That's wild. Okay. No. Sorry. Anyway, please continue. Yeah, I found an interview with the director where he talked about that specifically. Uh, no shit. But okay. also... Yeah, no, because they say the lights are out and and one of the rules is that you can't use electric lights around them. So I took that to mean because we know that like it hit the town and it hit a lot of people because within what we see, it looks like even if you just witness some of the evil, it clusters out. So from him leaving town, I imagined it spread immediately and badly. Yeah. And so when later when she's like, the lights are out, that to me meant like, Everyone has tried to go to ground to avoid this because, yeah, no, go ahead. Question. Well, I was going to say, she says that like they're following the protocols, you know, like they're following the protocols because they, everyone in town knows the song, right? That we don't get until 50 minutes into this movie that explains anything. But but when we got that song, I suddenly, I'm a cryptid nerd. and, And as a cryptid nerd, I was like, oh my God, it's these things that I was like, that's why. So 
I will go into most of it in fun facts uh, because I think the movie, although it delays that knowledge, yeah. when we do get it, I do think it's pretty comprehensive in what it tells us and what we need to know for the story. The things that we don't know are like essentially the like government agents tasked with murdering demons. And that's the part that I'm like. Give me a whole movie of it. <laughs> like, no, or like a whole like true detective style, like yes. mini yeah. like HBO series, because like I really love the two main brother characters, you know? Who are these cleaners? Yeah, who are the cleaners? Yeah, it's very much like su- it's Argentinian supernatural, is how I've been describing it. And I never seen supernatural. It's a blast. This makes me want to see that. The first four <laughs> seasons are very, very good. Yes, okay. yes. But it's also a show that like you can drop in on at any time and like You don't need to know what's overarching going on. It's a good time regardless. (laughs) The creator of the show, Todd, had like a four or five year plan. Yes. Uh, Okay. And then it ended up going for 11 seasons. Nice. No, it's on season 15 or 16 now. Yeah, it's... It was still on TV up until recently. A lady I used to work with once described it as a MILF thirst show. And so I decided to never watch it. Oh, no. It's amazing. It's so much fun. It's basically... It's similar to, it's also why I like Ash versus Evil Dead, because I feel like Ash versus Evil Dead is a slightly bloodier version yeah. of Supernatural, okay. where it's just monster of the week, and they just like kill a new guy every week. It's like a procedural. Yeah, but in the later seasons, they're like, also, all of the different gods have to have a quorum, and we're going to battle with hell, and you're like, what the fuck? There were some power creep issues in the later seasons, it seems. It was nuts. Uh, it ended in 2020 on its 15th season. So, like, it's, but it's a wild show. It's still in syndication. You can find Supernatural in reruns almost as often as you can find Law and Order. Yeah, because those are 22 episode seasons. There's so yeah. many episodes of that so show. Many, it's, I have, whenever I go to hotels, which is too often. I do this too. We've talked about this. Things that I look for on hotel TV because I know they're always there. Yeah. And it's either Law and Order or Supernatural. And I'm like, Same. this is fine for me. For me, if I'm in my room, I am watching Law and Order SVU or whatever Law and sure. Order is on. It's what, almost always SVU. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Or I'm FaceTiming Natalie. Like, that's what I'm doing if I'm in my hotel room. That's it. Anyway, is there more lore, Paige? Oh, yeah. No, there there is. And we will get to more of the lore in Fun Facts. But what I do want to touch on is this pulls from a couple different types of lore from greater South America, but also Argentina. Specifically, Argentina and Uruguay have very similar lore where things like a werewolf and not specifically werewolf, but like werewolf and possession and a bunch of other things are kind of lumped together into these kind of demon possessed cryptid folklore tales. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think is really interesting when you look at like South American werewolves versus the werewolf stories that we have in the United States, which are largely based on Germanic folklore is that our werewolf stories are much similar, much more similar to the stories that we get from small villages in Europe, but also combined with the stories of the indigenous peoples of our country, where those stories are largely based on cannibalism and hunger. So it's the story that reflects the terror of winter, the fear of starvation, which were very real fears for people at the time. However, in South America, it's much less a cannibalism story as much as it is an infection story where it's more like you're trying to stop. I mean, the, that's it's like that in this movie for sure. You're, yeah, you're trying to stop the spread of the infection. So one of it's almost more like a zombie 
but with demon possession. And that's what we get in this movie. So you think this is more like Southern Hemisphere werewolf? Is that what you're saying? So the reason I bring up werewolf is that's one of the cryptids, and there are many different names for them. I'll bring up some fun facts that function in the same way of like, there are seven different rules. You have to do this and this. You're probably going to die. You're probably going to need this. It is a demon. It is. a. They, they definitely say that. Yeah. And it's a very different vibe from what we see. It's a pusser or what is it? You puss up? No, they're it's they, they're rotten, rotten, which I do think is great. It is great terminology like to just be like, he's rotten. And also the way that that guy looked like, that's why I was like, oh, this <sighs> is like pesticide <sighs> and like chemically and like that stuff yes. leaks out of his face and shit. Yes. That's why I, I started thinking about that. That's wild that they're like. That's that, but that is very real because it's not as regulated in Argentina as it is in the United States, in part because you know, who knows? They have a different ecosystem, different farming, a whole different thing, but it is becoming a problem. And so, the director actually visited rural communities and noticed that like so many people were sick, and he kind of folded that in to this story. Wild. I do at some point really want to do the movie he did before this. Mikey and I talked about it earlier today. Uh, that movie is called Terrified, and it's a haunted house movie. It looks scary. Yeah, it looks scary. Yeah, uh, it's all jump scares. So, okay, I think that that would get me way more than this movie did. That's why I think yes. so like this movie, I think, more focuses this on the kind of scary scare. that gets you, right? Yeah. And, uh, but it, this still very much scared me. Please don't take that that way. But like, No, for sure. I, um, I do think that premise sounds way scarier. Like, jump scary, haunted house, I'm out. Yeah. I think it looks great for probably a smaller budget. I think he frames yeah. shots really well, too. I, I, I really like yeah. how he directs. I think this is shot beautifully. Yeah, this is shot really, really well. Uh, and even at night, because there's a lot that goes on at night and it's shot really well for night shoots, which we talk about on this show all the time, is hard to do. It is. I think for me, <laughs> part of the reason this get this scares me so much is a big fear of mine is desperate people doing desperate things. Uh, but also the, the title of my autobiography. <laughs> I know uh, the callous brutality of this movie really gets to me. Yeah. I've talked a lot about how gore doesn't really bother me, which is why like torture porn doesn't really bother like i'm not as interested in it because it's a lot of like oh look we're gonna cut this thing blood gush we're gonna chop this dude's foot off with piano wire or whatever what's so much scarier to me is what this movie does which is everything is going fine and then a woman is bludgeoned to death with a hammer completely emotionlessly Holy fuck, that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, or when um his ex-wife gets run over by her now husband. By her husband and the little girl warned. Ooh, but also when Shit. so that dog bites that little girl, drags fuck. her to the oh, table. My, I lost my and, mind. And the initial bite is scary. Yes, right? Yes. What's way scarier to me and the part that made me literally gasp and be like oh my god oh my god this is one of the worst things i've ever seen in a movie is when the dog is basically shaking her lifeless body under to the death table. under the table yeah a <sighs> same page uh, i'm chills just thinking about that's it. literally when i was like fuck it no i love this movie there are no holes <gasps> being barred and i am here for this <laughs> it but is that, insane the attitude in which this movie does those things is very much just like evil is here, evil is real, you cannot run from it, and it does not care who you are, it has no emotion about it, it will just take you out. 
much like pesticides. And also religion doesn't exist because that is like the answer in possession movies. Yeah. Let's talk about that because that's such a fascinating piece. So I love that that's not in the movie. It's such an interesting choice. It's such an interesting choice because, and we don't know 100% about why, right? We know that our main character doesn't really believe in it. And then when we meet our, you know, father Amort later, <laughs> basically, <laughs> She's like, no, I had a church and we were con artists. And then lo and behold, this was fucking real. And we had no idea how to fight it. And I guess if religion comforts you, great. But we got to go stab this thing with a fucking telescope. And you're like, what? Why? <laughs> we gotta, I don't know. We got to fuck its face with a sextant. Yeah. I don't know how essentially they were going to kill it with that. Did they like reflect the moonlight through it? Cause it did have lenses. She's like doing calculations. I was like, I I've got to see this thing work at some point. And I was like, Cocktease. It is Archimedes dial from Indiana Jones. It's like that vibe. So it has a spear in it that she was going to launch. And she said, I need to get him on the nape, which I took yeah. to mean. Like his neck. The neck. Yeah. Which if you've seen him, he has like a big sore on his neck where it looks like that's the place where it first started, much like a tumor because cancer. Yeah. And so like, I think she needed to shoot him in the neck tumor. I think that's what it was supposed to be. And she also, even, even with all that is like, it might not work. Like we thought we killed that one, but then maybe this guy's coming for me. Maybe it's the same guy and he's come and you're just like, what the fuck is this woman's life? I, I need a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> like, who is she? Why? I definitely would take the prequel where she refers to the person who teaches her how to be a cleaner as the monk or a monk. Yes. If that monk is just like 1960s Russell Crowe as father of Mort's, like this can be a shared universe and oh, I man. want that badly. But I, I would say overall... I did feel uh, like the first 20 minutes was a little inaccessible. But yeah. again, I think that was because we are not the audience, right? Exactly. It was meant for an audience that understood some of these more subtle themes and illusions that we had to then go look up after, right? And I think this movie, even though those first 20 minutes, you're kind of like, what the fuck is going on? When they do tell it, when they're eventually like, here's what's going on, you're like, oh shit, yeah. I'm in 100%. <laughs> when they're driving away in the car and the grandmother tells it the six of the seven rules. Yeah. We don't get the last one until later. I was like, oh, shit, this is what's going on? Good God. And okay. that last one is brutal. Yeah. But I feel like if you've tried to watch this movie and you got like 20 minutes into it and you're like, what is this? I am not into this. Keep watching. Keep watching. It's It gets so much better. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally was not enjoying, like I did not like the movie at all until 20 minutes in when the shit hits the fan. And you're like, okay, holy shit, no one's safe. Yeah, no one is safe. It's going to oh be God. a balls to the wall, like crazy ride. Yeah. And it is. I mean, it's a slow, it's, it's such a creepy vibe on the whole thing. It is. It is paced well, though, too. It's only, it's only like 100 minutes long. It's really well done. Well, and it kicks off like they hear, like the first thing you hear is gunshots. And then it's two brothers like going to stand out in front of their property. Like Four deaths in the first Five to ten minutes. Yeah. Four. The movie moves. Like, I don't think it's slow at all. I think it's a little inaccessible because yeah. I just grew up in a different culture than the movie is meant for. Right, right, but right. But, like, once you learn what's going on, it's nuts from then 
on. Yes. Whew, yeah. Yeah. It actively made me want to watch this dude's other movies. I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, we've been sleeping on this shit. You know, I'm not big on nihilism. The ending's a little dark. Sure. And, and yes. And, and agreed. <laughs> but I'm still fucking here for it. Okay. So this also made me think about the <laughs> pesticides thing. Because evil often does win in those situations, like the corporations will pay a fine that they consider cost of doing business for destroying families and like killing people with cancer and poisons and pesticides. And then they will like walk by and like put a red handprint on your head like they're about to raise you up on Pride Rock. And then they're going to walk off into this bloody sunset. Yeah. Well, and uh, when this movie ends with essentially the birth of a Crowleyan moon child, I was like, what <laughs> the fuck? <Yeah. laughs> like, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so it was so crazy that the nihilism, I was like, yeah, I don't know how else you could have ended that. Well, I think that's part of it. So like, I I, I think there is the can the cancer cluster thing that I, I guess got lucky sure. and guessed right. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's also like, an apathy from the state perspective yes. about what's going on with the, like the populace, especially the like lower class populace, like the more rural and, you know, less privileged. Right. Um, but I also think there is like well, Argentina a, just got a big libertarian thing going on over there right now. They have a new president. And he's like an interesting person. I don't know enough about it to talk about. Thanks for the update. <laughs> but like poverty has risen, has risen like 30 percent since he got elected president. And. He looks wild from like straight from 1972. I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, he believes in very small government who's not coming to save you from possessed demons taking over your city. Which is what we see in this film. <laughs> like when they, because that's the other thing. This movie exists in a world where the government knows about demon possessions and devil babies and is like, We'll send someone around to get to it. Well, Ruiz, <laughs> like, so the crazy. landowner was like, they're not Ruiz. coming to help because they want my land. And I was like, that's, yeah, ooh. is that true? Is that, that's a jump maybe. Imminent domain. I mean, he might be wrong, but I don't know. Like he might also be right. Who's to say? It did take the government a year to send somebody. Now I realize that the uh, cleaner gets killed like the very beginning of the movie, but like, it did take him a fucking year to get out there, you know? Well, and, and when we find out what eventually happened to him, I thought that was really interesting, too. Anyway, should we just dive in and talk about the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just jump into the movie, because that, that happens. That's like what kicks off the movie. I, and also, my notes are a little sparse because I was too busy being like, what the fuck? Uh, so, you know, just a heads up for that. Anywho, we open late night on a farm. Two brothers hear noises outside and they go to check it out. They don't really see anything, but they are hearing what sounds like vicious animals, like ripping things apart. So they kind of post up outside their farmhouse, guns drawn, waiting for something to come get them. More or less. Yeah. They're like just protecting themselves and their like house from whatever's going on because they do hear gunshots. Right. So like he even says, I heard two shots and then a break and then three shots and it was a revolver, not a rifle. So it's not a hunter. It was like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you start to hear the animal noises and they just stand outside holding like shotguns more or less. Yeah. And then uh, I think it's Pedro says to his brother, like, we'll wait till dawn or whatever. Like, we're not going to yeah. go into the forest to go see what that is until we've got like overhead lighting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course not. It, it, it did make me feel thankful for like we live in a country where like you can call people for that no matter where you live in this country. You're like, hey, I saw I heard a lot of gunshots. Please, you know, I mean, in most places in this country, I think there's definitely places where you might have to stand out there until the morning. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
Anyway, so the next day they do go out looking to see what has happened and they do find a dismembered body and it's literally sliced in half uh, with something sharp. We will never find out exactly what sliced him in half. No, we don't. But we do find him next to a suitcase full of gold tools uh, that looks like the, you know, it it looks like a sextant. It looks like the Dial of Destiny. It looks like, you know, a time turner. (laughs) Like it's some sort of circle gold thing. I don't know if you notice this when they um, when they're going through it and they find like the documentation that's inside of it and stuff. And you see like the the case that it's in. Uh, there's a Father Amort, a uh, little um, <laughs> like just extra bottles of holy water. <laughs> it says Father Amort is on the side. That's what it is. That was the first thing I thought is I was like, oh, demon killing kit. And I was like, oh, I don't understand what's happened, but I'm in. <laughs> I didn't know this at this point, but what it actually is, is a demon abortion kit. Ooh, yes. Nope. Yes. Because you have to kill. Well, you, you have to like stop the process before the moon child is born. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. wild. Mikey, Paige and I are just talking sex magic don't worry about it yeah yeah no we're over here just talking about thalemic uh principles <laughs> look that's fine it's part of the left hand path i'm gonna need you to strip down get a knife and start coming on triangles <laughs> mikey your face although accurate lets me know you really don't know what we're talking about and honestly your life is better for it i mean victor i like the church all that that culty stuff that's that's fine hey without that shit we wouldn't be on the moon and that's real <laughs> That is real. That's uh, Jet Propulsion Labs. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out JPL. Yeah. What's up? Anyway. <laughs> Johnny Parsons? Uh, yes. Jack Parsons. John was his father's name and he hated it. So he went by Jack. Anyway, the folder of information that they find with it is for their neighbor that lives on like the neighboring parcel of land. And so they go to see her and they're like, hey, were you waiting for somebody? Because they ain't gonna make it. Yeah. <laughs> we found them super dead in <laughs> the field so they're not coming well, we found their legs we found their legs well and the the rest of the body is kind of off scattered around but we had to stop our dog from like eating it a ton but it's still out there yeah oopsie daisies yeah and she's like yeah that guy was supposed to come kill my son uriel and you're like what i know that's a weird way to kick off a conversation right i don't think it was kill i think it was cure because they like don't kill them. No, she says kill. Oh well, maybe, maybe they have to be killed in a certain way. Yes, yes, they do. Because if you shoot them, especially like shit's gonna kick off. Uh, but yeah, you you're not even supposed to harm them, which we don't find out until the song, really. Or you're not supposed to move them. You're not supposed to take the things that they want. Yeah, which will apply to anyone touched by them. Because I think that's part of what happens with the mom. It's like you took the things that she most wanted. And it breeds on your fear. You were afraid this would happen, and so it happened. Yeah. Self-perpetuation, in a way. So, they go in to see Uriel, and holy crap, has Mike Myers' character from that third Austin Powers movie let himself go. Uh, You're thinking of Fat Bastard, Paige. Indeed. I believe that was his name. Yes. And like Fat Bastard, he has a baby in his belly. It's a demon baby, but yeah. It's a demon baby. He ate Werner Herzog, or whatever that guy's name was. Vern Troyer, who is dead. Oh! he died yes that's sad i feel i'm so sorry i just like in this world men and women can both get pregnant and so like it's like an equal rights kind yeah, of thing exactly and anyway yeah uriel looks bad uriel looks like the most terrifying episodes of shows on tlc he looks like pizza the hut he does he even leaks like ooze it's so it's so gross he's like lone star (laughs) okay the worst part for me is he's wearing tidy whities that are like stained yellow all tidy whities get there eventually Paige. what i know but it, it definitely looks like like 
pussy, gross diarrhea that's just pooling. I'm so sorry, Todd. Fuck. The body horror in this is rough. It's Oh, it's so rough, man. Like, this, body horror doesn't really do it a lot for me. There are almost no jump scares in this movie, and I'm going to rate it high because the body horror is fucking good, yeah. and I hated it. <laughs> well, they clap eyes on Uriel and are like, oh, no, uh, this is fucking bad yeah. and so they go to the police and they're like police hey Uriel is possessed he looks bad uh and also we found a dead guy in the ground <laughs> yeah you guys can cut this but first they told Uriel Gilbert's up on that water tower again you can't get him down no Mikey oh they God. do say that they should have burned the house down around him <laughs> um, they do God. mention that which, hey, that's not the right way to treat people in this situation. Get them help. But that's what they're trying to do. And the police are just like, whatever. Like, I will send a guy. They they just ignored that there's half a body. They're like, there was a murder. Yeah. 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 It's a Tuesday. How many murders? <laughs> like, come back when there's two murders. <laughs> but yeah, like, they, the even like the guy who runs that police station or whatever, because it looks like there's only two dudes that work there. Yeah. But like the the one that's like a higher rank clearly is like, right. listen, all we do in this situation is alert the proper authorities, which I get the vibe isn't the police. It's like the cleaning service, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like I really hope they flesh out in in episode two of this awesome season that we're hopefully going to get. Or some sort of comic book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. But like. I don't know who they call, but they call someone and they handle it. Like the police don't even handle it. So in his mind, he's like the guy who died, the cleaner who died. That's on the cleaner, the cleaning department. Like they're going to handle it. I'm not going to do shit for you. So like leave. Well, and then you find out that like the cops hate this dude. Oh, because they think and maybe he did try and do something very terrible. He did because he admits it later. Oh, that's right. Because. It's kind of underlying for the whole movie where they're like, oh, did a mistake? Are you crazy? Yeah. Because we will find out that he tried to kill his entire family with carbon monoxide poisoning. Yes. Is what happened. Possibly because he found out his wife was cheating on him. Yes. That also might be a lie because she's not a reliable narrator at that point. But yeah, we have no idea. Yeah. I do think that the demon knows it yes. and kills his whole family in front of him as like a like a as like a really good torture. I think so, too. Yeah. But. I do love that the cops are just like, hey, stop it. We're trying to watch our stories. Like, they're just like, right? not. And, but I think that's also the callousness with which the authorities treat the rural people uh, impacted by those cancer-causing chemicals. It's just like, uh, again, you again? Yeah. Like, more tumors? Whatever, you know? <laughs> it's not a tumor. Yeah. Like, oh, more rotten? That hasn't happened here in ages. Like, the, the one who's, like, obviously a lower rank police officer is like, that could never happen here, bro. Like, just get the fuck out or whatever. Like, yeah. completely, complete denial about what's going on. Well, and I love that they call it a rotten. And, that like, that's the word they use because it, it is evocative of, like, your crops going rotten. Things rotting. Yes. Things infecting other things. Things turning other things rotten. I think that terminology is great. Me too. And I'm sure that the word is different in Spanish, but in uh, good job on the uh, subtitles, I guess, because I thought that was actually very, very well picked. Yeah. So they decide to go to their neighbor. They're like, hey, Ruiz, this is what's going on. Ruiz is like, well, let's kill it now. <laughs> like, let's immediate, which also I was fully ready for him to shoot Uriel and to have 
a balloon of pus explode in that room. Like, I thought for sure that was what was going to happen. Paige, please believe I covered my face. I was very afraid that was going to happen. Because when Ruiz hears about what's going on, he, like, goes to their place. Not oh, immediately. Yeah. He thinks about it yeah. for a bit. We see that. But, like, sure. he almost immediately, as far as the story time is concerned, goes over there with a shotgun and is like, Get out of my face, motherfuckers. I'm going to kill your son slash brother. Right? Right. Insane. That's your responsibility, Todd, if someone's rotting on your land. I mean, you did not read your mortgage contract. <laughs> I clearly did not. I can't paint my house pink. I can't shoot rottens in my house. Man, this HOA sucks. <laughs> anyway, so Ruiz is like, I'm going to go kill this this guy and his pregnant wife is like please don't and he's like i fine i won't Shh. and then immediately goes so his <laughs> wife goes against the two brothers and they're like oh god so they go there uriel is still alive ruiz didn't kill him but ruiz is like we need work there yeah but like the the one that's like a higher rank clearly is like right listen all we do in this situation is alert the proper authorities which I get the vibe isn't the police. It's like the cleaning service, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, I really hope they flesh out in in episode two of this awesome season that we're hopefully going to get. Or some sort of comic book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. But, like, I don't know who they call, but they call someone and they handle it. Like, the police don't even handle it. So, in his mind, he's like, the guy who died, the cleaner who died. That's on the cleaner, the cleaning department. Like, they're going to handle it. I'm not going to do shit for you. So, like, leave. Well, and then you find out that, like, the cops hate this dude. Oh, because they think, and maybe he did try and do something very terrible. He did, because he admits it later. Oh, that's right. Because it's kind of underlying for the whole movie where they're like, oh, did a mistake? Are you crazy? Yeah. Because we will find out that he tried to kill his entire family with carbon monoxide poisoning. Yes. Is what happened. Possibly because he found out his wife was cheating on him. Yes. That also might be a lie because she's not a reliable narrator at that point. But yeah, we have no idea. Yeah. I do think that the demon knows it yes. and kills his whole family in front of him as like a like a as like a really good torture. I think so, too. Yeah. But I do love that the cops are just like, hey, stop it. We're trying to watch our stories like they're just like right? not. And but I think that's also the callousness with which the authorities treat the rural people uh, impacted by those cancer causing chemicals. It's just like, oh, again, you again. Yeah. Like more tumors, whatever. You know, <laughs> it's not a tumor. Yeah. Like, oh, more rotten. That hasn't happened here in ages. Like the the one who's like obviously a lower rank police officer is like that could never happen here bro like just get the fuck out or whatever like yeah. completely complete denial about what's going on well and i love that they call it a rotten and that like that's the word they use because it, it is evocative of like your crops going rotten things rotting yes things infecting other things things turning other things rotten i think that terminology is great Me too and i'm sure that the word is different in spanish but in uh, good job on the uh subtitles i guess because i thought that was actually very very well picked yeah so they decide to go to their neighbor they're like hey ruiz this is what's going on ruiz is like well let's kill it now <laughs> like let's immediate which also i was fully ready for him to shoot uriel and to have a balloon of pus explode in that room. Like, I thought for sure that was what was going to happen. Paige, please believe I covered my face. I was very afraid that was going to happen. Because when Ruiz hears about what's going on, he, like, 
goes to their place not oh, immediately yeah. he thinks about it yeah. for a bit we see that but like sure he almost immediately as far as the story time is concerned goes over there with a shotgun and it's like get out of my face motherfuckers i'm gonna kill your son slash brother right right insane that's your responsibility todd if someone's rotten on your land I mean, you did not read your mortgage contract. <laughs> I clearly did not. I can't paint my house pink. I can't shoot rottens in my house. Man, this HOA sucks. <laughs> anyway, so Ruiz is like, I'm going to go kill this this guy. And his pregnant wife is like, please don't. And he's like, I, fine, I won't. Shh. And then immediately goes. So his <laughs> wife goes against the two brothers and they're like, oh, God. So they go there. Uriel is still alive. Ruiz didn't kill him, but Ruiz is like, we need to get him away from our land. We need to do it. And so they decide that they're going to move him and dump him 300 miles away, which just infects a new place. But like, at least it's not their place. So I think the dumping thing is what initially made me think of the like can cancer clusters, right? Because that's like what Siba Geige got in a lot of trouble for is they dumped like shit right. loads of toxins into like rivers that were used for drinking water and like swimming and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's what made me think that in initially. No, for sure. But what we do see in this scene as they're like trying to drag him out of the house is everyone gets a little bit on them. I Would you guys have ever done this? No. God, no. I would have just left. Same. 100%. I would have driven to go get my kids and left, you know? Yeah. But I, w I would not have moved the person. I'd have been like, no, nope. they, uh, we told, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Bye. And I would have left the night before. Same. I would have been like, hey, Ruiz, there's one of these, but we're uh, out. Hey, uh, you got a rotten special on whole grain, gross ass bed. So uh, enjoy that. But I'm leaving. Yeah. Burn that mattress and then burn <laughs> the ashes. Like, it's oof. So they help, they go with Ruiz and they drive out, but all of a sudden they swerve because there's a kid in the road. Oh my God. And as they swerve, they accidentally dump the body and they think it was about 20 minutes back. And so they're like, do we go back and get it? No, the job is done. Yeah, it's that, it's that town's problem. Don't worry about it. And it very clearly is like a town yeah. that they just like dropped them off in because that kid was on like a paved street. There were houses like yep. the kids shouldn't have been in the middle of the street. Sure. But like it's a residential area where they stop and realize it. It's a rural residential area. But yeah. Yeah. But it's like a suburb maybe. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like that sort of thing. But when they stop and realize they dumped it already. It's like dirt road. Like it's very rural. So they're like pretty far away. Yeah. They're like. Oh, well, yeah. So they go home and the two brothers sit up all night and they're like, yeah, I think we got to just leave. Like, I, I don't I don't think like we'll leave in the morning, but like, I don't think we took care of it. I think it's better if we just go. Yeah. Uh, but as they're deciding that who should show up to the door, but Yoriel's younger brother who says my mom is gone. I don't know where she went. I can't find her. I'm very, very cold. Please give me a place to stay. Yeah. They do not invite him in. Vampire rules. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> right. They make him stay in the barn and they take his gun and dump out how many bullets are in it. And it is a revolver and there's one bullet missing. Yeah. The implication, I think, being that he shot the mom. Most likely. I think so. Yeah. We never confirm it, but I would say I'm 99.999% sure. Well, doesn't he say later he eats the mom? He ate pieces of her. Yeah. Yeah. But he also ate pieces of the cleaner. M Mikey. Yeah, I think. Yes. 
that is one of the things we learn. Yeah. Well, and and we see other people do that as well. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get to it towards the end. So the next morning, they get up. They're packing up to leave. Meanwhile, the next morning at Ruiz's house, his wife sees that one of their goats seems off. And she believes that it is the the spirit of the rotten in that goat. And at first you're like, this is fucking nuts. But Ruiz goes out there with a shotgun, cocks it and fires into the air, a warning shot. The herd scatters except for that one goat. And he holds that gun and the goat walks up to it like fucking shoot me, bro. I, I thought that was wild. Oh, my God. Shoot me, bro. It was nuts. It was like, bitch, you better don't with that shotgun. Yeah. Although Ruiz does, though. Like, he does. Does thou shoot maliciously? <laughs> yeah. Wouldst thou like to glock maliciously? But, he, but like, Ruiz does, though, because he shoots him in the face. In the face. It's bad. Bad. <laughs> this is the thing that this sets up what we will see through the rest of the movie, which is not only should you not shoot a rotten with gunpowder because it will jump person to person. But also, if you witness someone doing it, it also infects you. It causes like a chain. Yeah. Because Ruiz shoots his wife, who is holding an axe and was basically going to be like, no, kill the goat with the axe because it doesn't have gunpowder. Right. She, as soon as Ruiz shoots, she hits, gets Ruiz in the head with the axe. Yeah. And then uses the axe to cave in her own face. Yeah, she turns the axe on herself. Yeah. Oh. She axes herself a question. <laughs> and the question is, wouldst thou like to live maliciously? Well, well, since he died, she couldn't live without her axe. Oh, because he's the axe. Mm. Yes. I liked it. Anyway, uh, this I <laughs> this scene's kind of creepy for me because I feel like the, yes. the, the effects of her axing herself yes. were better than I was anticipating they would be. Me too. Same. Honestly, all of the body horror stuff in this is way better than I was used to and expecting. I was like, oh, wow. And she was pregnant. So uh, right away, I was like, oh, this movie's not going to pull any of the punches. It did yeah. not pull any punches. Nope. No punches were pulled. Like, no holds were barred, I think is what I said earlier. And I, especially when the dog thing happens, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So the next morning, the brothers leave. They go into, into town to get the older brother's kids. Now, it is a contentious meeting with uh, his children's stepfather, his ex-wife's husband. And we learn that there's a restraining order in place that he left for a, a long amount of time and hadn't seen them. It's not good. And add to that, he just strips down in the middle of their kitchen. Yeah. Because he's like, burn these clothes. I Get rid of them. But before they can get rid of those clothes, the dog sniffs them. So he gets a change of clothes. The dog is suddenly, and it was it's a bulldog. It's kind of like everywhere all at once, and then it's just sitting very quietly. Yeah. Like a clear change. But so the brother goes up the stairs to wake up his oldest son. His younger son, Santino, is around, and his younger sister, Vicky, who I don't think is our main character's daughter, but she is a sibling to the other two. I think it's the step father and ex-wife's daughter vicky okay so i got the vibe that it was the step the stepfather's daughter from a different marriage no i'm pretty sure it's still the ex-wife's daughter because the son the younger son that is pedro's is younger than that daughter right no no i think he was older she was okay. like toddler she okay. was like tolerating yeah she's very little because okay. yeah. you notice when the dog is jerking her body around <laughs> yeah. that she's chucky size you're right well, well we'll get to it we'll get we'll get to it jesus they are fully arguing and as the adults are arguing oh yeah 
the little girl gets too close to the dog and the dog's just been sitting there the whole time. And this is a pet in the household. So like the little girl is like, hi, doggy. Like it's her friend. Uh, and that dog just viciously attacks her, drags her under the dining room table and shakes her to death. And you watch and it's fucked up. Yeah. Like. Oh my God. Well, she lives. No, she No, don't. she does not, Mikey. That is, she is not alive. No, the daughter. She, that is ghost daughter. Like yeah. that, that daughter dies twice that we see. That daughter's like, a demon from here on out. That daughter is fully a demon from here on out. Cause we, you watch the dog shake her to death under the table. It, it is brutal. And then the dog just takes off running out into the street with her body as the younger son screams. So yeah. the dog takes off. And at this point, the older brother is like, oh, that's a demon dog. And this is about to be bad. So he collects his sons. Yair, who is the older son who has autism. Yeah. And Santino, the younger son, who is maybe seven, six or seven. He's very young. Yeah. He's pretty young. He gets Yair to tell him where the keys are. So that they can steal his ex-wife's car. Absolutely. He piles them into the car. She's not going to need it. Yeah, not going to need it. And and as that's happening, he kind of takes off after the stepfather to be like, hey, please don't shoot that dog. Not with the gun. Like, oh, no. Yeah. And watches as the stepfather's about to do it. And he turns so he doesn't see it and heads back to the house, piles everyone into the car. As he's stealing the car, the little girl shows back up seemingly completely unharmed. It's nuts. Can I say this really quick? Yeah. Because I think it's a part of like the apathy stuff of the movie. He does like run down on a cop and is like, this is going on. It's insane. And those cops are like, bro, you're not supposed to be here. Your ex has a restraining order yep. against you. And he's like, a dog just dragged a girl down the street. Cop, like do something about that. And they're like, are you having a break? Like, are you all right? And the cops... They drive off in the other direction. Yeah. yeah. The cops don't even check out the very, like, plausible story that he is, like, heightened about. Yep. It's insane. Well, because the mom and the, the dad, the stepdad, would have told them. But, like, since the kid was fine, they're like, oh, she's fine. Well, this is before the kid comes back because the dog had just dragged her down the street. They do end up there because the mom has now called them. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, so they do end up there. The little girl seems fine, but then she pulls her mom close and whispers, dad is going to kill you with the car. He's going to drive up here and he's going to kill you with the car. And you're like, oh, my God. And the mom is just like, I'm just glad you're OK. Like, yeah. you know, kids be saying spooky shit. I haven't had a chance to check the thread again today in the Facebook group. It's already started. <laughs> but yeah. it's already started. And I'm excited for all the spooky child stories. That episode doesn't come out till tomorrow for anyone who's not on Patreon. And it's already started, Paige. I'm very excited. Anyway, so as they're hugging, Lo and behold, the husband's truck or the, the stepfather's truck jumps the curb, smashing the wife and daughter God. into the house. It's like insane. It's brutal. And he is like asleep at the wheel and like wakes up covered in blood. That's the last we see of him. But it's probably not the last of what happens, because at this point, the older brother. Oh, I'm sure he went out as a demon. I'm sure is you know, I'm, I'm sure. sure that skittered out all over the place. Yep. Because the town is like gone when we go there at the end of the movie. And like four people saw it. Yeah. Too. So like right. all those people skitter out. Yeah. This is Mikey from Horror Virgin. I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Horror Virgin here. 
talk about Factor. <laughs> Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby uh-huh. slash second job called podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for you. <laughs> Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. <laughs> Cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor, they ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? Mikey, you said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. But anyway, Factor's amazing. So just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50. To get 50% off. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Anyway, they, he meets up with the younger brother. They pick up the grandmother. Uh, so their mom. Yeah. And she's... Like, oh, great, you brought the grandkids. How'd you work that out with your ex-wife? She never lets me see that. And she's just like <laughs> completely oblivious. And they're like, mom, there's a demon. It's loose in the city. It's going to kill everybody. Yeah. The Rons are here. And she's just like, no. You and your crazy kids <laughs> with your funny stories. Oh, no. Uh, so they drive out of town. As they're doing that, she talks to Santino about all of the different rules for Rottens. Um, which are very similar to rules for some other cryptids that we'll talk about in fun facts. But also, while they were trying to escape, Yair saw the truck hit the mom and the little girl. Mm -hmm. So Yair is agitated. uh, And we will come back to it a little bit later, but they stop at a gas station trying to find uh, Yair apple ice cream, which, by the way, we see the apple ice cream later in the movie. Yeah, we do. I want some. It looked amazing i was like like green apple flavor I've never had apple ice cream yeah so i'm, I'm down for me it me neither this sounds so good i was like oh and it's in like this giant styrofoam i was all for i was like yeah anyway they didn't have it but they also don't have any money so they're kind of stranded and so the younger brother is like i know this lady she'll help us out she's dealt with stuff like this and she'll probably give us money so they get there and she is absolutely creepy creeps and I love her instantly. Oh, yeah. She, but she is like, she's the one who really knows what's going on. You know? Yes. She knows the truth. Yeah. The the Illuminati. The Illuminati. Ooh, Paige. I love it. That's so fun. Anyway. Also, does that make her like, I, I just, I want her movie. Like, 
Yes. I want to know like what, like, cause she has like this insane, awesome story and she's the <laughs> reason the town hasn't had to deal with rottens for the past 12 years. Like her and yes. I think maybe her husband, like, uh, I, like, I think she's a widow, but like y- something. Yeah. Yeah. But like, she was definitely a cleaner, right? Like she says that like, yes. she's just too old to be able to do it anymore. Her reflexes aren't where they needed to be or whatever, you know? So like, so she has like this whole awesome backstory and then she dies because this motherfucker has no self-control and like i would be so mad there's also an implication that the younger brother had a relationship with her at some point but we don't get more about that either i was gonna bring that up i was like did uh pedro's brother have sex with the old lady because i think so pedro and what is pedro's brother's name i feel like i keep losing track of the two brothers names. pedro's brother is the most logical of the people and yes sometimes she was his teacher so like i think it was a college time situation a good for him you know what i'm saying uh hello mrs robinson they obviously maintain a professional relationship after that to be a cleaner you got to get dirty you know what i'm saying sometimes you got to get down to get up you know lots of bodily fluids stick your sextant in me you know i mean the last cleaner literally got split in half guys cleft in twain yeah but like (laughs) it was the worst case of being cut in half i ever seen the last cleaner (laughs) he met a wayward magician on the way to the house and was like i'm gonna saw you in two and the the trick failed the illusion he actually saw them in half it's an illusion Mm. michael yeah exactly Anyway, she her house has no electricity. By design, I thought. By design, because electric lights. Because she knows better, Paige. Well, I, I love that they're like electric lights uh, and the shadows they cast draw the evil in. Yeah. Which we saw with some of the antlers and uh, stuff in the other farmhouses. Yeah. But Yair won't go inside. And so Pedro has to spend the night with him in the car while his mom tucks Santino in inside and the younger brother talks to i believe her name was mitra yeah i believe it is mitra yeah mitra it's m-i-r-t-h-a i just looked it up mirtha anyway the cleaner lady yeah cleaner lady they're talking everyone kind of retires to bed uh, and we cut to yair and pedro sleeping in the car and who should swipe a bloody handprint across the car but Sabrina, his ex-wife. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. She's here for her kids. And her face is messed up. Oh, yeah. Well, because you, she's a demon and you took the thing she wanted most. Well, and also you try and look good after your husband smashed you into the wall with a Jeep. Yeah. Or truck or whatever it was. Trucksecutioner. Uh-huh. Uh, so. Ooh. Been there. Yeah. Let me flip the sign. <laughs> Zero, Zero days. Zero days. Oh, did I bring it up? She said executioner. You joined in. You all joined. You Paige did it. I still have to flip the sign. I'm contractually obligated. I guess that's fair. Technically, this one's on page, but I do respect that you do have to flip the sign because the topic of me having sex with the truck that killed my brother came up. Use protection. <laughs> that's what I thought of when we watched the film West Side Story. Is it? Yep. Yeah, th- I think that is where that originated. I don't remember why. Holy because Maria shit. has sex with the brother of the guy who kills her that's brother. That's what it is. Oh. <laughs> that's why. God, I forgot that's that. Why. I guess that's technically a romancing the pod bit then. I didn't realize that. <laughs> West Side Story is one of my favorite romancing the pod episodes because... <laughs> Because I'm trying to watch a musical that you two love, and I'm like, why does Maria sleep with the guy who murders her brother? That's that would like be like Todd, Todd sleeping with the, the truck, truck that killed who killed his brother. His brother. Oh, no. It would be like so that, sad. yeah. Oh, 
I'm so sorry. That tailpipe, though, you know, Mikey? Nice and warm. It always blows. Oh. Oh, Sabrina, the ex-wife, comes in and gets Santino from the grandmother. And the grandmother's just like, I took sleeping pills and I don't know what's going on. But, oh, hey, ex-wife, how's it going? Because Pedro did not tell anyone that the ex-wife is dead. Maybe he should have included that detail earlier. Pedro, is his name Pedro? Yes. I thought it was Pedro. The the main guy with the bushy beard? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure that's Pedro. Yeah, his name was Ezekiel Rodriguez. I'm not a fan of him as a person or the way he operates. I think one of the themes of the movie is self-control. I, I think it shows that with Ruiz because Ruiz is told not to do something he does and it goes badly. I think Pedro is the same. I think he continues the theme of like no self-control in these types of situations. Well, he's also a really bad communicator. And before all this, he tried to murder his entire family. I mean, yes. Yeah. Also, the younger brother, by the way, is is Jimmy or Jaime, uh, as okay. they pronounce it. Okay. Yeah. But it is, so it is Pedro then? Yes, Pedro and Jaime. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Jaime comes out and is like, hey, something is up. Grandma's freaking out. So Pedro comes inside and the grandma's like, I thought it was Sabrina, but it is not Sabrina. But she took him up there. Yeah. And so he goes upstairs and Sabrina or rather demon Sabrina has Santino. And she's just like, I'm taking my kids where you can't hurt them anymore. And then she jumps off the balcony. Guys, when she jumped off the balcony holding her son that was technically alive. Yes. And and she's not and, and like he the little kid. As he's hugging his mom, is like, it's cold, mom. Like, why are you cold? Like, why is your body cold? And she's like, "Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm going to peace out the window now. And like, yes, it's insane. The worst part about dating someone or being married and stuff is like when it's that time of the month when they bleed all over the car. And, (laughs) you know, it's just the worst. You know what? Shouldn't have left that car in my blood path. How many times have you said that, Paige? You know, (laughs) at least once a month. (laughs) I will say when she took the kid and got on the balcony and jumped, I like got out of my chair because I was like, oh, my God, this is too much. I know. I already thought nothing was safe. And then this like amped it up even a little bit more like, well, this scene coming up where you come back one coming up. That's the one that I was like, oh, my God, how it could not get worse. Uh, So they go down below the balcony. There's no bodies. Uh, They're not there. But at this point, Mirtha and. Jimmy and Pedro are like, hey, shit's fucked up hospital. And like, we need to figure this out. So like one of us needs to go after her. But then clearly the rotten is jumping and following us. So we need to go to where it's at. Yeah. Because he's like, by the way, we moved it. And she's like, you fucking idiot. Okay, fine. (laughs) We'll go and find it. So they kind of split up, but because they can't use electric lights, they're having to drive and like turn the headlights on and off. That was an effective way to make like a little jump scare happen. It's not like a super bad jump scare, but it did sort of get me a little bit because every time he flashes the light, you're like, please don't, please don't be there. Please don't be there. And then boom, it's there. You're like, ah, shit. That's also, I don't know why this is like a fear of my, like, you know how you have, everyone has things that they, that freak them out a little bit. Yeah. My fear is driving at night on small roads where there aren't a lot of street lights. So it's just your headlights and then just illuminating something terrifying in the headlights. Yeah. We like a couple months back, uh, we're supposed, we were driving home from the Bay and part of the grapevine was closed. We had to go around and it was this like, one lane road with turn turnbacks at like two in the morning <laughs> through trees and stuff. And I was like, there is going to be a werewolf. Like, I know it. I know it is. <laughs> I don't know why. Or a zombie. Paige, I, I once played a show in like at a rural. T- uh, it was, well, let's just say it was a rural place. 
And coming back down the mountain that we played on, it was raining and it was like a windy road. It was paved, but it was a windy road. And I come like whipping around the turn and there's just like a big ass wolf in the road. And it wasn't like scary permanently. It wasn't like a bad situation, but man, did I scream like an eight year old child. I was so scared. And then of course I was like, oh, it's just a wolf. And he like trotted on his way. Yeah. And I like continued down the mountain. But like, I was glad I was in the car alone. The scariest one I ever had. So I, I did my first few years of college at UC Irvine and we lived off campus. So I la- like lived in the sorority house for a while, but then we moved off campus and our apartment was right on the other side of a nature preserve that is part of the college. And it's like a little weird swamp and you have to drive through it to get to campus. Uh-uh. But at night it would get really, really foggy. And so like you're, you know, headlights would like illuminate the fog, but it was just like only a few feet in front of you. Now, it's also not a great distance. So like people would walk back and forth from campus to those apartments sure. all the time. And so one night it's super late. I'm driving and my headlights illuminate a lone figure shuffling Ooh, yeah. no, down you. the sidewalk. And as I pass slowly i look back in my mirror and he has what looks like blood all down the front of his shirt and his mouth i'm out and i'm like oh my god is it a zombie like i just like yeah "Ah!" and i was like okay 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 before we call 911 let's turn around and get another look and make sure that we're not imagining things you know or whatever so i i flipped around drove back down the other way so I would see him like walking towards the car and it was definitely just a freshman who had thrown up all over themselves. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for like a hot 20 seconds, I was like, ah, zombie. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> but yeah, so this very, <laughs> this is a personal fear. This was very scary. Yeah. And of course he comes upon Sabrina walking with the baby. And as we were rev- like, he drives past because she just doesn't even notice the car. She pretends like it's not even there. Couldn't care less. Yeah, she's busy eating Santino's brain out of his head like it's the Dune popcorn bucket from from the movie theater. Yeah, because as, as we turn around, she's just reaching into his head oh. and eating brains. He's very dead. Yeah. Very dead. It looks very graphic. It's very graphic. It's, and it's not oh. the gore so much as the emotional implication of what is happening oh yeah that is so disturbing about it he's essentially watching his former sister-in-law eat his nephew's brains out of his head while just like casually walking down the street just walking around that's insane just like ipads do to our children now oh wow boomer um that was (laughs) yeah exactly like that yeah exactly uh so (laughs) he then basically comes back to the house like oh i fucking i found her (laughs) you don't want to find her he kills her though right he he hits her with the car yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. he hits her with the car but while that's happening he loses his emotions that uh, on that on that level yes i honestly thought he was going to end up being bad because of it and there is sort of no real reason that like our two main characters aren't bad like they don't turn bad because they witness a lot of bad shit happening except that mithra says there are people like us who are immune sure but like how does she know that they're one of those people well that's i think that goes back to their previous relationship perhaps oh you think because jaime was having sex with the 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 maybe the lady, i don't she, know like cast a spell of protection on both of them or she just we don't know what happened to them before this so we we don't know anyway he hits her with the car it's brutal it's bloody it's crazy yeah meanwhile mithra and the other brother are driving out to where they left the body 
and it's gone. There's a blanket there, but the only other thing they see is a sign that says Escuela Rural, which is basically like rural school, like farm school. Yeah. And she says, the line that made me know that Mikey would love this movie. <sighs> and that was, evil loves children. And, and children, children love, love evil. evil. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, it's so true. In order to make this a full-blown Mikey movie, Pedro, like, at one point would have to, like, cock his arms like Henry Cavill in that Mission Impossible trailer and just start decking these kids as they're, like, trying to, like, kill them. He had an opportunity. He did. But this dumb guy believes these obviously evil children throughout this film. Exactly. They had it coming. <laughs> they had it coming. They did have it coming, Paige. I tell you what I would have done in that schoolhouse. I would have unleashed hell to protect that lady in that in that in that uh schoolhouse. Yeah, but I think that's part of the metaphor of the movie of like the lack of self-control causing worse situations. I don't take suggestions from kids bleeding from the mouth. Okay, that's a dumb <laughs> rule to live by. Hard, same. I don't take suggestions from kids covered in lie for no reason. Also, that will burn you and burn your skin. It would if you were alive, Paige, but they're fully ass demoned out. I know. No, I know. They're fully ass demoned out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they serve the underworld. So yeah. while that's all happening, back at the house, grandma is sitting in the house. Yair has been outside in the car. Yeah. And the grandma's sitting there and Yair just walks into the house. Now, up until this point, Yair has seemed to be largely nonverbal. But Yair walks in and is like, Grandma, can you make me something to eat? It's cold and I don't want to get sick. And she's like, the what? Oh, no. <laughs> Which I realized we skipped over something very important. The hands. I was going to bring yes. it up, too. Yeah, oh, Paige. Yeah. Agreed. So uh, 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 rewind with us briefly. Yeah. A few scenes back before they left the house. Mithra is like, hey, I'm pretty sure Yair is a rotten and they're like no what what are you that's he's just like that this is i realize maybe that you're not as familiar with uh yair and and who he is and she's like i need you to trust me i understand that that he has autism however demons can still get into people like him and even though they struggle to control their minds as quickly as other people they still can and you can tell because of the hands and feet and then they show his hands and feet and his hands are full ass backwards yeah backward hands yeah anyway so he walks into the house and is just like hey grandma make me some food and the grandma's like oh no oh my god he's like where's my snack pack more or less <laughs> and he has been non-verbal the whole time like time for me to have some grandma ice cream the problem is he does eat his grandma like that is what happened at this point in the movie i i was like this goes one of two ways oh did you think the demonic possession was gonna cure his autism no no what, what? no because i was like don't do that that would be weird no i thought either one or two things were ha would happen either what happens in the movie would happen which we'll get to in just a bit or they would come home to grandma covered in blood and she's like he was rotten i had to do it <laughs> and i was like it could go either way. I think because they wanted to go full ass nihilism with it. Yeah. Granny had to die. Yeah. Because she's been like the optimist the whole time. Yep. Anyway, meanwhile, Mithra and Pedro find that school and they walk through and there's kids sitting there, but it's nighttime. Kids shouldn't be there. It's nighttime. Right. And kids like show up. Yeah. Throughout the course of the evening, which is weird. And she's like, hey, yo, often children will protect rottens. 
because like they trust them too much or whatever. Yeah. And so they're trying to find the rotten and the kids are like, it's at my house. No, it's at my house. Go over here. Like trying to draw them away from the place. They did sort of like, no, I'm Spartacus where the demon was. Yes. And it was like in the schoolhouse. Like we find out a little bit later, like it's there. So they're like trying to like throw him off. And like the moment you realize the kids are lying is when you stop believing the kids. Yes. But he continues to believe the kids way past. We all know they're evil. Well, it, and specifically the one kid who seems conflicted and seems to be telling them the truth and is like, don't shoot him. There's an axe or whatever. And she's just trying to get him to leave the room. Yes. So they can murder the uh, lady, the, yeah. the cleaner lady. Because Mithra smells him and they realize that he's under the stage piled under the dead bodies of all the parents. So he has to like unearth him and she's like, pull him out. And I'm like, how? Like physically, how? <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, there's no way as one person he's strong enough. So he goes and leaves to get the axe in hoping that he can either kill the rotten or it'll help him get more of the stage open. But of course, the axe is gone. Yeah. Well, um, or perhaps was never there or perhaps was never there. I think was maybe never there. And he turns back around. They've locked him out of the room as they just emotionlessly and calmly murder Mithra with a hammer. Just hammer to the face. It's brutal. It is fucking brutal. And you see like her her scalp like crack open and fall away and her brain get exposed and then them keep hitting her Ugh. as they're dragging her out. It is so freaky. I hated it so much. So freaky. He finally breaks the glass, which also I was like, break the glass because they get two or three more hits on her with that hammer when he could have broken the glass and got through anyway. I honestly thought, okay, so I didn't realize it was going to have the nihilist ending. I thought the moment we all realized that like they're lying, which is like way before where we are now. Like that's yeah. Anyway, like that's when they find the, the the rotten guy under the under the stage, you know, right there. Right, right. I thought at that point, because they have established now that at least the cleaner lady and Pedro are immune, right. that they were going to start blasting kids. Like they were going to start shooting those kids to death because they're immune from the trauma right. projection or whatever causes the person to go crazy. So like I was very sad we didn't get that, but I was sad for Mikey because I thought like we were going to get like Pedro just beating the shit out of kids for sure i thought so too he gave up because before they even goes into the the house like he does punch that child a few times he does i was gonna uh, if i was in this situation i first off i wouldn't let that lady get gacked without a fight no absolutely not no but that's the self-control metaphor stuff i think and then two a demon child coming out of a number another man to walk towards me Covered in blood that I know is evil. We haven't even gotten to that part, Mikey. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I would have gone down swinging. That I'm gonna go down swinging in these situations. Like I would have fought as many of those children until that demon killed me. You know. Well, and what happens is her machinery is broken. We appreciate your sacrifice, Mikey. Sure. Her <laughs> machinery is broken. So when he breaks back in, he doesn't know how to put together. He doesn't even know what it does. So he just grabs the heaviest looking piece and caves in the skull of the rotten who falls back below the stage and rising up out of the stage because I'm sure they didn't have the budget for something weirder is the bloody demon baby who gets up and then it like marks Pedro's head, but then seemingly just walks off through the field with the children, which is a haunting visual in its own. But also I turned to Jake and I was like, 
what if this is a prequel for Children of the Corn? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, he and Pedro just stands on his knees and lets all these kids walk over him. It's crazy. Yep. He returns back he and his brother come back and their grand their mom is gone and the fact that they aren't immediately like where's grandma they don't seem to question it they don't which is concerning i think well she's older you know yeah uh, but they give yair, yair his apple ice cream and yair seems back to the state that we have seen him in most of the movie yeah so like i mean you do sort of wonder like okay so the demon w won because it like was born and then got away right but like does that sort of release the town from its possession no. oh i know but you're like sort of wondering that because like his son is sort of back to normal quote normal what we're used to yeah and he's just eating his ice cream so we think right then he starts to choke on his ice cream the dad recalls stories of someone choking and vomiting and barfing up the body parts of their family yeah and so he starts to kind of try and reach into Yair's mouth to relieve the choking Ugh. and he pulls out large bloody chunks of hair and the grandmother's necklace oh it's very visceral it's it's tough to watch oh god I almost threw up during that I almost threw up I'm surprised you didn't oh yeah I don't like swollen hairs mm -mm. god yeah meanwhile Jimmy goes out to the barn to see that other kid because he notices one of the bullets is missing and the kid is like hey I killed the cleaner I cut him into pieces because the voices in my head told me to. And then I ate some of him. And then I went home and killed and ate my mother. Yeah. And so Pedro, it is implied, probably kills that kid. We don't see it. It happens off screen. Uh, but he comes back to kind of the courtyard of the house where Pedro is on his knees, openly weeping. Yeah. Uh, because he now realizes that his mother is dead and his son has eaten her. And I think he probably off screen killed Yair. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he had to. Yes. And we don't know how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it would have discontinued the cycle out. Right. Right. And it, it's clear that 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 child is now a demon child. Yes. Uh, because of the eye contact look of like, yes. are, are you buying this act? Right. Right. And I think so, like, for sure. I think he kills him. Yes. Uh, and basically the end of the movie is Pedro and Jaime hugging each other as Pedro screams in anguish. Yeah. And does admit that he did try to kill himself and all of them. Yeah. And now that he has effectively air quotes gotten his wish, it is more horrifying than he could have ever imagined. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what'd you guys think about when evil lurks? I really did like it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> it's weird and I like it. I really liked it. I thought it was well made. Yes. And different than what we normally see. Yes. In a good way. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> I was incredibly frustrated for the first 20-ish minutes of this movie. But like once you start to get a handle on what's going on, I was like, holy shit, this is great. It almost felt like it's hard to explain because like I hated a lot of the reasons I was laughing in this movie, but I laughed way more than I should have been laughing. I think that it goes across a barrier when it kills yeah. all of these non Traditionally, people who would get killed. Yes. Yeah, traditionally unkillables. Yes. People, when you see stuff like that, it's not something you don't know how to react. And there's not a wrong way. Yes. Like gallows humor, 
laughter. It literally was me like, oh my God. Yes. Mil- you know, Milgram's experiment when they're shocking people, people yeah. uncomfortably laugh too. I'm like, and like, I think it's totally normal to be like, oh, they killed all the children. I was like, pregnant woman died, dog died, bunch of kids fucking die. Like old lady dies, like ev- like all the people that like normally survive. Like, no. Yeah. No. The two men who started off this movie survive. Yep. That's and not that's typically. Yeah. Like, and everyone else dies. It's crazy. It's normally like the other way around. It's dark. It's a dark movie, which I don't traditionally like, but it was really cool. I, I want to see his other movies now. It really made me want to see his yes. other movies. Yeah, I really want to see I mean, that. I do think he'll work forever because of this. For sure. It was very easy on the eyes, that film. Oh, yeah. Really well done. What was? The movie. Do you mean like cinematically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think they did a really good job with sort of everything. I don't know how they got that goat to do that. But man, I was like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on? I've never seen a goat walk towards a shotgun and be like, you won't do Come it. Come at me, bro. Come on. What are you going to do? Pull that trigger, you pussy. I, yeah. know. <laughs> I was like. Oh, shit. I mean, but I think the whole time the rotten is trying to get them to kill him because then that's what it makes him stronger. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I I understood eventually when they explain it, why that happened. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so great, man. it, It, But like still super fucking scary movie, though. Yes. I just think it's really well done. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, it is with your fun facts. Evil Gross Lurks, stuff, fun, fun facts. facts. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'll, I'll start off with this. During a post-premiere audience Q&A at Fantastic Fest, uh, the director, Damien Rugna, said that he got the idea for When Evil Lurks from a series of news stories about farm pesticides in his native Argentina, causing widespread health issues. And I did look up what pesticides it was, and it was Roundup. He suggests that corporate apathy about workers' health and the way the issue occurred out in the middle of nothing, where it's easy for profiteers and city dwellers to ignore the impact of their choices, started him thinking about the idea of lurking evils given free reign to spread. Uh, Which I think very obvious in the movie. I think he nailed that metaphor. He did it. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Roundup, I think, is Monsanto. But like my granddad. Monsanto discovered it. Yeah. Yeah. My granddad worked for a company called Siba Geige. And like that, that was what that's who did it here, like in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, He was retired when all of the scandal broke, but it happened while he was there. Uh, Yeah. Glyphosate. Is the glyphosate, yeah, the glyphosate, the, yeah. the generic name. That's so crazy. And apparently in Argentina, it has happened specifically in the last decade oh, uh, for soybean plantations. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, I it's a cool, it's it's cool that he included it into the movie, but it sucks that it happened. Yeah, yeah. One of the main traditional folkloric stories that they used uh, when creating the monsters for this movie is the Luz Mala, which is basically a glowing ball of light that follows and passes from person to person, kind of like a possession. Sure. So he views this movie as structured like a Greek tragedy that begins with our character fleeing from their own demons, but at the same time from demons, actual demons that are pursuing them. And it's about how madness can spread, how bad ideas can spread and infect and how you can draw a parallel with fascism in a way because it's like the media can fill your head and make you think things that are not in your best interest. So the idea of killing kind of the good things in your life and leaving only the bad things to control us, 
that's kind of the premise of the movie. Wild. Was that the writer director? Yes. Okay, interesting. I mean, you could see that. I could definitely see that yeah, absolutely. playing out for sure. Yes. Now, one of the other ones, uh, other cryptids that I drew some parallels with is the uh, Lobiso Man, uh, which is a, a creature in the folklore of South America. In Brazil, it's traditionally a werewolf, but in some versions, specifically in Argentina and Uruguay, it's a ball of fire or an unusually large pig or in human form, it's said to look like a normal person except for slightly pointed ears and yellowish pale skin. Okay. But there are rules for how you can become a lobiso mem. One being bit, two coming into contact with their blood or bodily fluids, which we see in this movie. Yeah. Um, three, being a family seventh son. That's the thing in a lot of cultures, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you can save yourself from this by making one of his elder brothers his godfather within the church uh, for being the first male son of a couple with seven daughters, in which <laughs> case the transformation takes place on the son's 13th birthday. Okay. Which Yair looks to be about that age, so that's also something to kind of consider there too. Yeah. Well, and the rotten one is definitely... The lady at the beginning's son and would be about that same age. So, yeah. Sure. It's also punishment for incest, cheating or infidelity, or a woman having sexual relations with a priest. Yeah. But some say that the creature transforms every day in which the moon is in its full phase, much like a werewolf. Others say that it only occurs on Fridays. But either way, in all versions, it transforms at night, usually attacking travelers and animals on the road. So a little bit of borrowed from that and Luzmala and a couple other things as well. Cool. But those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. Now, I don't have a budget for this movie. Looked for it, could not find it anywhere. Um, I would be surprised if it was a lot, but also like the film looks great. Like if you told me that they made this on a shoestring budget and it was $5 million, I'd buy it. But you could also tell me it was a $20 million movie and I'd buy it because it looks great. Like, but I just couldn't find the budget anywhere. But the movie did premiere in the U.S. at least on October 6th, 2023. It was about 22nd or 23rd in the theaters the week it came out. It was only in 659 movie theaters. It wasn't, I mean, that's a nationwide release, but it wasn't a wide nationwide release. Because like, for instance, the week it came out, The Exorcist Believer was on like almost 4,000 screens. You know, so right. like it didn't get that big of a release. Anyway, what do you think it made in its opening weekend, the weekend of October 6th, 2023? I'm going to say I think this actually did more on streaming than it did wide release, because I remember that's when people really talked about it was when it was streaming. Yeah, Shutter picked it. Uh, I'm going to say like a million. Yeah, I was going to say two mil. OK, so in its and remember, it was like 20 seconds yeah. in the first week it came out. So it, it didn't oh, do quite yeah, that well. Less yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was two hundred that two hundred and five thousand dollars roughly. Yeah, but guys, it, it honestly. Honestly, it fell out of the theaters pretty quickly. It was only in theaters for uh, four weeks. It was in 659 theaters in its first week. It dropped to 330 theaters in its second week. And then it was in less than 100 theaters for its last two weeks. It just didn't get a really like great box office push. I didn't hear about this movie until it was already on Shudder. Yeah. But I do feel like once it got on Shudder, that's when sort of everyone started hearing about it, which to me makes me think like if you had $15 million to invest in this movie, getting like a trailer release that you would see on like YouTube pre-roll ads and shit like that, it would have made 
good amount of money in the U.S. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it is that quality of movie, I should say, you know? Yeah. It's not like your normal produced for Shudder kind of movie. Yeah. And I mean, that for like even Netflix, I'm not trying to talk shit about Shudder. Like, it's better than that. It, not just produced for streaming. It's better than most. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's probably the better way of saying it. Yeah. Anyway, so the total it made in the theaters, and this includes... Uh, a little over a million dollars internationally uh, puts it up at a one point six million dollars worldwide, and of course it was just last year, so the the dollars are the same more or less. So yeah, one point six million dollars is what it made in the box office, but that's your box office. So Mike, you want to hit us with a scary scale? Yeah, our scary scale is a scale of one to ten. How scary we found the film, or one example is Ghostbusters. Our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Page. I'm gonna give this a six. For me. Wow. <laughs> well, okay. That's, I actually thought it was going to be higher because I'm going to give it a six. I thought Paige was going to give it a little bit of higher uh, rate rating. No, six is right around where I have like Paranormal Activity 3. And okay. I'm like, yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Six. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I'm going to go one. <laughs> That's oh, fair. Wow. If it's okay. not your type of scare, because yeah. it's a very specific scare type for me. It is. Man, if this had had jump scares in it, it would have been a 10 for me, for sure. So I really wanted us to watch it because I thought it had jump scares and Paige's stuff, and I thought it was going to scare both of you, and that would have made it really fun for me. <laughs> but just getting Paige is hard enough, so like That's I feel good enough. about it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. still got... We gave it the same rating, Mikey. Yeah. Like, you don't seem scared enough, Todd. I don't think this will stick with me that much, and I think that's largely because there was no religion in this, in this movie. And I only mean that to say, like, I grew up very religious, so that's the shit that, like, really scares me and sticks with me and shit and there is no religion in this movie that that is true it or rather i would say it is divorced from our american western religious ideals which i think does apply to me as well however this will stick with me i had nightmares last night of like that poor little girl under the table oh, so like yes that's yeah yeah oh. yeah like the the callous brutality of the killings in this film are what get me a hundred percent. Yeah, man. All right. Well, yeah, that's our scary scale. Yeah, man. Okay. So this week you guys made us watch when evil lurks. What are you making us watch next week? So our next film, because this is terrified Todd foreign horror month. <laughs> it's a double whammy for me. I'm scared and I'm going to have to read. There you go. Even scarier. <laughs> We're going to go with the wailing from 2016 from South Korea. Okay, I, I've heard of this movie. I don't know anything about it, really. And I've heard it in the sense of a lot of people have said you should make Todd watch The Wailing. And I'm like, why do you think that Mikey and Paige get the DMs on the Horror Virgin accounts? Like, <laughs> of course it's me that runs those accounts, guys. Stop telling them to make me watch stuff on that account. <laughs> it's never going to get to Mikey and Paige because I'm not going to tell them how to scare me. Paige, we should this week... <laughs> Look for some a third film and then uh, yeah, yeah. debate it on our text messages away from Todd. Sounds good. I want to find something to scare you specifically, Todd. I mean, this movie didn't not scare me, Mikey, but I understand what yeah, you're saying. This doesn't have yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, a yeah. jump scare vibe to it. I don't like watching you throw up. I like you, I like watching you get freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't throw up. So thankfully watching this movie was dry this time. Unlike what was it? The audition where I threw up on the episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. You oh. did throw up during audition. But to make you feel better, think about her throwing that foot against that sliding glass door. It's not unusual to cut a foot off with razor wire. But like she just looks so happy. She's like doing this insane thing. She's just like, great. A foot. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm sorry. Shouldn't be laughing, but it's hilarious. Anyway, The Wailing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. I forgot what we were doing. Yeah. So watch The Wailing for next week. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? 
I'm looking one up now. Well, while you look one up, let me uh, go ahead and read one of our Spotify comments that came in on our most recent They Cloned Tyrone episode. And this one is off our They Cloned Tyrone episode, and it's from Abs, A-B-B-S, and it's directly to you, Paige. And they say, to Paige, skip Zaxby's, go to Kane's instead, you'll thank me, a Louisianan. I mean, we, we have Kane's here. I think that's why you asked if I was in the South. Where I go, because you do have Canes and we have Zaxby's. Yeah. But, like, listen. Canes, too. Yeah, Canes also slaps. It's fine. I, I just, you know, I've had it. I wanted the new new. Right. I do love Canes, though. Either way, Abs, thank you for the recommendation. I will definitely enjoy me some Canes again at some point. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yeah, uh, Boydler. What, what does Boydler have to say? This is the newest review that I can see on my little thing. It says, the heroes we need in these trying times. Thank you so much. It's very kind. Uh, the horror version is, without a doubt, the best horror movie recap show out there. I'm biased, but I agree. <laughs> Todd, I don't listen to anybody else. <laughs> or me. <laughs> so, whatever. If that's <laughs> it, what you're into. Uh, Todd, Page, and Mikey have the chemistry most hosts only dream of. They play off each other as if they've been friends their whole lives. It does feel like we have been at this point. Mm, it does feel like... <laughs> We are siblings at this point. I'd be honest with you. Exactly. I talk to you both more than almost everyone in my life. I know that we're all close because I feel more comfortable fighting with y'all than I do oh, most yeah. people I know. And I think that that's what they mean when that's, the chemistry that's a sibling stuff. level. Where because, I can yeah, like, exactly. Because like we can be so mean and so like like funny mean to each other, like that kind of thing. Anyway, okay. So it goes into why they like all of us. Uh, it starts with Todd. Boisterous, <laughs> over-enthusiastic horror version who's not afraid to share his vulnerabilities with the world. I think that's a very fair first two adjectives. And I apologize to you both. Paige, the witty comic who elevates the conversation. Her knowledge of the industry and ability to improvise are amazing. Her personality and insights help carry this show to the top. Agree. Hard Hell agree. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Mikey, P-word, P-word, P-word. <laughs> Is that seriously all it says for you? Uh, no, he goes, okay, just okay, kidding. Okay. Mikey's humble soul is the glue that holds the pod <laughs> together. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's clear people don't know the real you, Mikey. His perspective as a mental health <laughs> professional and compassion shown when difficult topics are discussed Hell help yeah. make the bad parts of life a little less bad, and that's pretty good. That is pretty good. I hope good. these three know what a joy it is listening to them enjoy their time together. It's like hanging out with your own friends. Obviously, they all have busy lives, but if y'all could come up with a D&D campaign that we can all come, al come along on, that would be amazing. And you know, you could get Todd to pass out our vomit. <laughs> Almost did in this episode. I would 100% do a D&D &D campaign with both of you guys. Yes, we have tons of time. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks for what time, you do. I would do it. It's incredible. All the respect in the world. Rhino, five stars. Rhino, thank you so much for that truly awesome five-star review. Uh, and if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review and me read your Spotify comment, leave us a Spotify comment or five-star review and we'll do that. So guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that 
as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager's been driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week, guys? She loves evil, and evil loves her. Yep. <laughs> that is dialogue from this movie. So, yeah, that works. <laughs> Tia, may want to watch out for, um, what do they call it? Evil or whatever. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan, and Jonathan wants me to make you guys watch some videos. So I'm going to steal your screens right now and make you watch this video. This time it was, uh, oh, this is John Oliver. Oh, yay. Oh, shit. I watched this. Have you guys seen this? Oh, yes, 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 Where yes. they offered justice thomas a million dollars a year yes just to to leave leave the the supreme Supreme court Court. wild not only do they do that guys they like offer him a i want to call it a mobile home what is it a motor coach yeah until you or i die yes yeah yeah yeah. best they can tell this is somehow legal (laughs) well because justice thomas has been like given a lot of quote loans of course of millions of dollars that have been forgiven and shit like that anyway like harlan is it harlan crow bought his mom's house for like an exorbitant price and lets his mom just live there yes how wild would it be if he actually did resign though and take the deal like of course he won't, but that would be like, so it'd be amazing. That'd be great. It would be great as well. But Jonathan, thank you so much for that video. And uh, John Oliver, thank you so much for the offer. Um, would you take that deal? A million dollars a year? Yeah. I would just use that segment as like a st- starting point when I take future bribes. <laughs> be like, oh, you're only offering a few hundred thousand? John Oliver gave me a milli a year and this dope ass motor coach. Anyway. A milli a year, a milli a there. Sorry, that was a little Wayne joke. Thank you. But Jonathan, thank you so much for that uh, video and the support. And we now return you to another episode of uh, The the Patreonicals. Uh, Welcome back to the computer stuff that we're doing. Uh, Boom. Uh, uh, This is the Patreonicals drawn together season because it's drawn, not Tron. D-R-O-N, not D-R-A-W-N. Exactly. Where should we start? Edward has his computer. 
he is oh i forgot where i put everybody he's it was revealed at the end of the last episode that mikey everything's a simulation and they have to edward who is in laura's class Mm -hmm. has to go release them all from where they are yeah 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 so edward he was able to like touch like a glitch thing and him and laura like they jump simulations oh mikey his pen it was his pen was spinning in his hand and it was like glowing red sure Whatever we do. They're in a new simulation now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Perfect. He's going around, and uh, he finds Madeline and Sexcalibur, who is a man wearing a power glove, and Vixen with the laser gun, but they're in, like, a really peaceful...